Yeah, so I feel like God's spoken um, something and I want to share that with you. And, um, and then what we're going to do is the children are going to come back. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to have communion together um, and we're going to pray. And, uh, and so that's, uh, that's where we're headed this morning. So, um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to start this morning by, by, by saying thank you to you as, uh, as a group of people. And um, the last 18 months have not been easy for, for us, Ellen and I, but um, I could not have asked for a better group of people. Um, you have served so faithfully. You've stepped up. You've filled gaps. You've never, never complained. And uh, Ellen and I are truly grateful for each and every one of you. And um, the last few months... Um, since the summer have, have been a bit of an emotional roller coaster uh, for us. Um, but on this last Sunday here together, I wanted to share what I feel like God is, uh, is bringing and what he's doing in us as we draw North Sunday morning gatherings to a close. Um, many, of, many of you, many of us will still be processing what's going on in the news and are perhaps you're feeling anxious this morning. Um, about return to, to, to one church. How will it work? Will I be welcomed? Um, you know, will I serve? All these, all the, there'll, be, there'll be lots of questions going, going through, through minds and, um, and those are legitimate questions um, and I, we'll get on to um, what to do with those um, in a bit. Um, the last few weeks, our Sunday mornings have been very powerful moments in, in God. Our worship, as, has, as it has always been in the last uh, year, have, has, have been very powerful. And last week especially was a, was a real God moment. Really, this morning as well, it's been just wonderful to, to be together and to spend time in God's presence. Uh, we have learned so much in the last 18 months. Uh, God has taught us so much and um, although the opportunity for for practicing in a small group setting as we are here is is coming to an end I feel like God is is drawing us to a new space to bring these gifts at Central he's been training us he's been encouraging us teaching us challenging us and we have so much to bring as a group of people we have so much to bring God has done a work in us and um, there is much more to come. And when Ellen and I moved to Winchester from Canterbury uh, in 2010, 2010 um, we felt like God had, had sent us here, but we didn't feel qualified to what God, for what God had sent us to do. And yet, as we arrived here, we realised there was a gap. There, was, there were things that we could input into and we could grow into and we could help with and we could lead and we had ideas for. And that's just the same for us as we return to Central. We might not feel qualified to or you know, equipped to do things, but actually God, this is in God's plan and he has, he has a plan for us. But I'm, I'm going to talk, I'm, I'm jumping a bit, so I'm going to come back and talk about that a bit more. So we're going to read God's word together. So this, this morning, as, well, this morning, over this week, as I was reflecting 
um, I came um, I came to Isaiah forty three, and um, in it it says it says this. So it says, "Remember not the former things, nor can the set of the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert." Let me just pray, and then uh, and then I'll, I'll carry on, Father. I want to thank you for your word to us. I thank you for the truth that it brings. And I pray this morning, Father, that you are able to speak through me. And the, 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 the words that I speak are what you want us to hear this morning. And I pray, Father, that you would bless, bless this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A few years ago, when we were driving back from our holiday in Devon... We'd, uh, we'd packed up the car, we'd spent the day on the beach, and then we'd had fish and chips, and then we were driving home. And as we were driving home, I looked in the rearview mirror, and there was this absolutely spectacular sunset in the rearview mirror. It was really, really beautiful. And it was in stark contrast to where we were headed, uh, which was the grey, blue uh, darkness of, of night. Um, perhaps highlighted by where we were headed, which was away from the holiday and back to work and other things, you know, normal life. Um, And as I reflected on this, it really felt similar to our situation here uh, at North. As we draw this Sunday gathering to a close and we head back to Central, it can feel as though we're leaving this beautiful sunset and heading into the darkness of night, the unknown. And while we were driving, it was tempting not to just, as in just to stare in the rearview mirrors or to turn, turn around and look at the sunset uh, and, 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 see that, and see the beauty of it and take, our, take my eyes, take our eyes off the road in front. Perhaps the road ahead looks like a desert or a wilderness this morning. And what we hear God speak in Isaiah is that he is doing a new thing and he will make a way. As I continue to reflect on this this journey in the picture, driving home into the night, I realised that night time is only for a finite amount of time. It's fixed. And as you drive into the night, the morning is coming. And we're actually, you're actually driving towards it. And the dawn of another beautiful day and that glorious sunrise to inspire and, and draw us into God. And that is the hope that we have in Jesus. That is the hope we have. The hope that we, he will be with us afresh every morning. In Lamentations 3, it says that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. We know that in every new day, every new season, that God is with us. His promises never fall away. They stand forever. In 1 Peter it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people 
for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. As many of you are aware, I have just been made redundant at work. Um, There are 22 of us in total. um, And there's a real range of reactions to what's happened. Um, And several of my colleagues mentioned to me this week how remarkably I had taken being made redundant, how calm I was and how relaxed and how I just sort of got on with it. Um, The first thing was, I had to clarify with them was that actually that wasn't my first reaction to being made redundant and that the two-week half term was um, a good thing. Um, and, uh, And the second thing that I said to them was that actually my hope is not in the things of this world. My hope is not in my job. My, my focus is not, you know, my dependence is not on that. Actually, my hope is on something bigger. I don't hope in the things of this world. There's something greater that I have my hope in. And it's been a great opportunity to actually share the gospel with several of my colleagues um, in that way. Some of us may still be feeling sad or angry. There's, there's one or two in our household who are very cross about North coming to a close. And that's, and that's okay. It's okay to be sad and it's okay to be cross. When I found out about my job, I had several moments with the Lord about how this wasn't in my plan and did he realise how much he was inconveniencing me and how awkward this was going to be over the next few months. But God was incredibly patient with me. He waited and he listened and then I listened. In the house that I uh, grew up in, Uh, there was a passion flower that grew up by the front door and every year it grew beautiful flowers. They were absolutely stunning. And uh, for several months of the year, it would just continue to flower, just all up and over the door. And it was, you know, it was, neighbours would comment how beautiful the flowers were. It was just this lovely, lovely plant. And then once a year, my dad would cut it back and we would always joke that he'd gone too far. It's never going to come back this year, dad. Uh, And then one year, I don't know, I mean, many of you are green-fingered, but there's a moment when you're cutting something back and you just sort of lose sight of what you're doing. And we were absolutely convinced that he'd done that because it just ended up with a stick that came up and that was it. And we were like, that's it, Dad, you've killed it. You've totally killed off the passion flower. This is, it's never coming back from that. And um, he sort of accepted, yeah, that was, that was it. He'd done, he'd gone too far. The green mist of gardening had descended and he had absolutely destroyed it. But the following year, the plant not only had more flowers than it had ever had, it went absolutely ballistic with flowers, but it also fruited in that year, which it had never, it had never done that before. So often in our Christian walk, And as Christians, we know that God prunes us back. He cuts things back. But how often do we try to control the secateurs ourselves? No, not that bit. I'm not ready for that branch yet. God 
is a master vintner. That's somebody who looks after the vine, if you're... I had to look that up too. Uh, but there's a master vintner, and we are the vine. Never has he cut someone too far back that they couldn't grow and flourish again. What we need to remember is that we can't do it ourselves. We have to rest in God. Psalm 62, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock. My refuge is God. Um, as I was reflecting on this, I um, came across this um, quote. I remember the quote from uh, C.S. Lewis uh, in, his, in Mere Christianity. Uh, and he says, uh, he says this, he's writing a sort of a, a parable, a story. It says, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you are not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he's building quite a different house from the one that you thought of, throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were going to be made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace. And he intends to come and live in it himself. Romans 5 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God has taught us so much here at North. Intimacy in worship, hearing and responding to God's voice in our meetings, a dynamic sense of the spirit and that we wait for him. We're not afraid to wait. Our kids have journeyed deeper. Not only that, but they feel, in, in, they feel intrinsically part of who we are. Very often they share pictures and words and encouragements on a Sunday. Very often putting us as grown-ups to shame. There is a wealth of wisdom that has come out of our meetings here and we can take that back to Central with us. 
We mustn't let the lie that, oh, it's, it's bigger there, or it won't work because there's too many people, or we don't have time or space for that in that meeting. We can't let those stand in our way. We can't let lies come in and block what God has taught us here. Central has so much to learn from what God has taught us. And it's exciting to think of all the fruit that it, uh, and think of what the fruit of that could be. What is God going to use us as a community? What is he going to do with us, with what we've learned here? What could he do at Central? It's exciting to think of what we can, what we can bring. <clears throat> when we were considering what next for North, um, I had the picture of a sunset and a sunrise. And when I was talking about this with my grandparents, my grandma said, rather sort of off the cuff, she said, and of course, you have to, turn, you have to physically turn in another direction to see the sunrise. And as we draw north to a close and God moves us in a new direction, we can trust in him. We can trust in him. In his unfailing love, his peace, his joy, we can know that as we rise every morning, his mercy is enough for us. His faithfulness is unmatched. His patience and kindness will never run out. Jeremiah 29 is well known, but it's true. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Um, as I draw to a, to a close, I want to encourage you to take your time. As we return to Central, there is no rush. We are all in the same boat as we return. Central is a new place. There are new faces. There are new teams. There are new systems. And it will take time to adjust. And that's totally okay. Additionally to that, there are, we are, although we are all heading in the same direction... Some of us will be further ahead and some of us will be further behind. And again, there's nothing wrong with that either. We are each of us on a journey with God. And whether you are ready for the move, excited for the move, or whether you are still processing and thinking about what's going on, and both of those are okay. And what you need to know is that God is in both boats. He's in the boat with some of us who are ready and he's in the boat with some of us who are still processing. God is with all of us. And so I've sort of got four things, practical things to sort of encourage us and challenge us on as we, as we return. The first is seeking. What is God calling me to now is the question. 
For most of us, this next few weeks and months may very well be just attending church and just resting, reacclimatizing, making new friends, catching up with old friends, but keep listening to where God is pointing you towards. As I've said, some of us will be raring to go and ready to get stuck in, and others of us might need time. And both of these are valid perspectives. We need to have grace for each other. We're on different journeys in different places. Um, so let's, but we can encourage each other and we can hold, you know, hold each other up and pray for each other. So the first one is seeking. Number two is talking. Um, and that you are talking to people. Talk to your close friends, to your community groups, people that you know you can trust. Talk to leaders that you know. And just talk about where you're at. Share about how you're feeling, what's, what's happening and how you feel about certain things. Because when we share how we feel with others, it brings it into the light. And it doesn't hide away in the darkness. The enemy would just love for you just to sit and say nothing. Because it, that's, what, that's what can you know, drag us away. It, it can bring darkness in. But when we share how we feel, it brings us into the light. And the enemy can't come in and cause mischief. Don't let the lies build up in you. And um, this, this term, I have been reading um, Live No Lies by John Mark Comer. And it's been, I'm, I'm very sure that that is God's sort of worked that in a way, the timing of that, uh, because it has been very, it could have been very easy to believe the lies that Ellen and I have heard about our leadership as leaders, as North as a gathering, all those sorts, of, you know, all these sorts of lies that the enemy just loves to come and whisper. Um, and that book has been encouraging and challenging. And um, I would very much encourage if you, if you have not read it, uh, to read it. It's a very, very good book. So seeking, talking. The third one is to ask questions. Um, what is this? How does it work? Don't be afraid to ask why. I think as we come with fresh perspective, we can ask why. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing it in that way? Why do you have to, does it have to be done this way? Why? Just because that's the way that it's been done at Central doesn't mean that that's the right way that it should be done or that it should continue to be done in that way. And we've learned a lot, so let's try and share that wisdom graciously where we can. And finally, so we've got seeking, talking, asking questions, and finally, and probably this should have been number one, but resting in God. And resting in him. Because uh, we, are, we as individuals are not enough for each other. But God is enough. He is enough for each of us. So those are the, the four things that I would encourage us with. 
And then finally, finally, I really want to say well done to you. And that comes from me, but it also comes from God. Well done. Well done for being faithful, for serving so well. What is important to remember is that this is not the end. God is still going to use us. We still have neighbours. We still have friends. We still have colleagues. We still have people that are going to come into our path. And they need to hear Jesus. They need to hear about Jesus. God has big plans for each of us, for all of us. And I am genuinely so excited to see where he's going to take us in this next season.